if anything, because yeah, I know they're just going to do like a, someone who sounds like Bender. They're going to try. Just, it, it's going to be bad. Yeah. The, the first time he get, needs to get electrocuted and I, 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 there's no one else who can do that sound. Yeah. And then it's going to be, why is, and then they're going to try. And then, why is my voice box different? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Years of smoking and drinking has finally corroded my voice box. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the excuse they, they used. What they need to do is just go with the complete opposite and make him sound like Louis Anderson or something like that. <laughs> Bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 224, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Trek. We do read all super chats on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize my channel. We do drink alcohol on the show. And if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we will give some early show shout outs as we go along. Last but not least, if you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support us in what we do, consider joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you can get exclusive access to the Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, whether you like it or not <laughs> exactly that's what you're gonna pay for it that's what you're gonna get i apologize down your throat. john is there <laughs> they keep like shuffling me into different rooms like john you can only be in this room <laughs> only be in this room <laughs> why don't you just go sit in the corner <laughs> <laughs> oh how you doing this week john Hmm. Uh, I had a I had an interesting uh, a weekend, Jeff. Uh huh. That's what I heard. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh I'm not quite myself. I'm not whole. <laughs> no longer a whole man. As, as I as I yes. Basically, I uh, let's get that focused on. Yeah. I'm. This is family friendly. Just let everyone know. Yep. Uh, there's a piece of me missing. Just the tip now has a different meaning for me. Yeah. Somewhere out there, there's a little bit of John. Yes, <laughs> uh, I was helping my uh, parents move, and uh, they finally moved after forty years. Uh, and then I was just moving a cardboard box, a, a simple standard, and it was all prepaid for moving boxes filled with so rusty razor like, blades. Probably, uh, <laughs> it was probably like the meat slicer or something. And my finger just got caught inside the hold, the handles. And just slice the tip of my finger off. I Where did you buy those boxes so I can never go there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the strongest boxes in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, what the doctor said, it was about a half inch taken off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It was a half inch uh, chunk. Half yeah. inch chunk. Yeah. So it wasn't like a half inch deep. Okay. Okay. It, it was yeah. It was. It's not in. So it was a side downward angle. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, it it got like about halfway into the nail. Uh -huh. Took that with it, and then just sliced down. Ah, <sighs> uh, and so it, it didn't didn't feel good. Wasn't fun. Just bleeding everywhere. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I could use a beer today. <laughs> no I doubt. Could, I would. I I could use a beer all of those days. <laughs> No doubt, my gosh. Um, so, uh, 
Some of you probably noticed the title to today's episode. I'm still technically alive. Uh, that's that's kind of for both of us this week. Um, so uh, I spent all is it Monday, all Monday, uh, in the doctors. I think four hours or so in the doctors. Uh, and this has been an ongoing problem for right around six weeks uh, with me, uh, where I was getting or rather had very consistent, deep pain. Uh, not sharp pain, but like felt like I got kicked in the chest like two days earlier. And just like that, that deep internal bruise that everything hurts to move. Um, and it had been, it started kind of like in my sternum and then had migrated over to the right-hand side. Uh, and, and like right at the base of my rib cage. Um, and of course, where are all your really important bits? right there on your right-hand side, just underneath your rib cage. Uh, and so uh, I went into the doctor for the first time just over two weeks ago. And uh, they said, like, we're definitely concerned. Now, this could totally be, like, just a pulled muscle, but you're not overly tender when we're pressing on it, and that's really concerning. Because if it was muscle, it should be sore, and it should be sore on the surface. This was, like a deeper pain and they could poke on it and it didn't hurt well anymore uh yeah. and so i went through a full set of labs i got uh sorry went through a full set of labs uh that week and they all came back 100 clear uh like if 105 is the optimum number. I got like a 106.5 out of like a max of 150. Like, like <laughs> I am the picture of health uh, as far as those lab screenings went. Uh, so they ordered an ultrasound so they could take a look at all of the vital bits that are that are down there. Everything from uh, my appendix to gallbladder to pancreas to kidneys to liver to whatever they could possibly look at over on that side of things. Uh that came back perfectly clear. Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, so I had a follow-up this this Monday, and uh, it was just a phone appointment to go like, hey, is your pain any better? Has has things gone away? And I said, no. In fact, uh, I spent like Thursday in bed because I couldn't get up. It was so bad. Now, it's no longer radiating around my right side. It's now like right in the core of my sternum is where it hurts. And uh, he goes, you have chest pain? And I said, yeah, you could basically call it that. Like it, it feels right at the bottom of my sternum, yeah. but, but it hurts. It hurts to breathe. I can't move. And he goes, uh, okay, you need to come in right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're dying. You, you may be dying. And, uh, let me just you say, I do, I, I do have a history of, of some heart issues. And, uh, so he goes, you need to come in right now. Uh, so drove in there, uh, immediately ordered me on uh, a chest x-ray, full set of chest x-rays and an EKG and, uh, waited a couple hours for, for results on those to come back. Chest x-rays, perfectly clear. Um, one of the funniest things was, uh, they, they have to note, uh, if they see something in the x-ray and, uh, if they don't, the x-ray is, quote, unremarkable. But they have to list the different areas that they're inspecting and then the prognosis of those areas. So my lungs were unremarkable. 
my soft tissue was unremarkable. So apparently I'm a grower, not a shower. Uh, <laughs> I found that humorous at the time. <laughs> uh, like talking to the doctor, like, yeah, we don't. We don't. Right, right. It's an un- good unremarkable. I, I think I'm... <laughs> Anyway. I'm, a, I'm fantastic. Um, I'm Jeff from Craft Computing. Right. You know who I am? Uh, <laughs> EKG came back completely clear. Everything doing the right thing at the right time. Rhythm is fine. Blood pressure was perfect. Uh, and so we got more physiological at that point. Like, did I did I strain something? Did I break a rib and not know it? Is there a displaced rib? Like, what's going on? And uh, so we're going through all these different checks. And finally, he pokes me right at the base of your sternum. So your sternum kind of comes down and then there's this little pointy bit at the end, right? Yeah. He touched that little pointy bit and I almost died um, <laughs> because it hurt so bad. Uh, so what my prognosis is, is I have a xiphoid process injury. Uh, that little bit of cartilage that kind of holds your sternum together and it actually just kind of floats in front of your sternum. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of connective tissue right there. Uh, these aren't the doctor's words, but mine are effed up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, apparently have been for at least the last six weeks, probably more than that. Uh, and unfortunately, it's not like a serious injury or serious healing process. Uh, yeah, Jeremy came back and said, xiphoid process, nailed it. Uh, yeah, it, it's not like a difficult thing to work on in that there's like no corrective surgery for it or anything like that, but it can take quite a long time to heal. And, uh, unfortunately, like I'm on lifting restrictions right now and movement and bending and all kinds of stuff. Um, I can't lift more than five pounds at any one point. Um, if I put my arm fully out to the side, it pulls on my xiphoid process. Um, like my arm is too heavy for me to lift. If if it's not if it's anywhere outside of my core, <laughs> so, you're just walking around like this. Yeah, basically, I, I walk with my arms to my sides. Everything that I do has to be literally directly in front of my torso. If it is not, it pulls. And if it pulls, and if I feel it that means it's causing more issues. Uh, if I feel it, tearing at it, if I feel it, it's tearing. Um, and so he goes, you want to avoid that. You need to warm up with uh, range of motion exercises, not putting any strenuous pressure on that area. If you feel it, you're doing too much. Um, and, uh, you're not allowed to lift. You need to rotate heat and cold four times a day. Uh, and hopefully it's better in about a month. Hey, right? and you have a and you have a newborn. You're like I, I've got uh, a three month old. <laughs> I gotta I gotta lift him and take care of him. Right. Uh, the little bugger is probably what ended up doing the damage to me is is carrying him around one handed a lot. Um, so, oh no, you can't rebuild the blown up server. Actually, yeah, I'm not allowed to lift the server onto my desk. Um, <laughs> I'm barely allowed to lift the motherboard that I need to replace inside of it. You need you now is the perfect time for you to have like that video where Rhett just picks everything up for you, yeah. and you're on like a throne of towers. Rhett, pick up the server. Yeah. 
Pick up that server, but do it how I would do it. <laughs> no, this is how I would do it. Now do it again! No, you're not drinking enough! <laughs> that could totally work. That could totally would, be yeah. a couple of videos. <laughs> uh, Rhett will be doing double duty. Yep, kinda. Um, luckily, uh, the video we did today didn't require that much. It was lifting a monitor. Um, but uh, CRT? <laughs> Uh, no, not a CRT. Thank good God. Um, yeah, if I laugh too hard, it also hurts. <laughs> like, oh, and as he's laughing, <laughs> uh, right? Like, I, I can't do any kind of deep belly laugh because your diaphragm also pushes on that area. I can't breathe deeply because your diaphragm also pushes on that area. <laughs> like, it sucks. Uh, Skull says he is on a break for work. Do I open a beer? Ooh. I'm a, yes. you're working remote. I mean, just put it in a coffee cup. Like, yeah. seriously. <laughs> uh, You've never done wine in a This is glass? not legal advice uh, being offered by Craft Computing. We have no expertise one way or the other when it nope. comes to employment law or your individual at will or not at will employment states. And your mileage may vary. Uh, looks like we actually have uh, some pretty big beers in chat. I, I saw someone opened uh, a rogue double chocolate, uh, 9%. Yeah. I have uh, someone's uh, having an old Forster 1920 neat. Oh. And then we got uh, Bourbon uh, County Brand Cafe de Ola Stout 2019, John J. Nice. So, um, yes, yeah, so that one. Then, then there's the Jason's doing the rogue double chocolate stout yep so what do you got good stuff uh i am doing a tour up the willamette valley here in oregon um i've got three that are brewed right here in the valley uh starting down in eugene i figured i'd go south to north today uh starting down in eugene with the ninkasi uh citra falls there we go so i i bought that pack too yep Uh, you have to (laughs) You, you have, have to. to buy the pack. Yeah. Um, so the way them and Hop Valley get you is they have their staples, uh, their staple IPA packs. And then once a quarter, they will release a new beer that only comes in those 12 packs. So you get three <laughs> bottles. So you have to pay them $20 and drink what is honestly some very good beer in Dawn of the Red oh, yeah. and, and Total Domination and, and Tricera Hops or whatever else they're throwing in there right now. Uh, because I wanted to try the Citra Falls. So I'm drinking <laughs> yeah. the Citra Falls. <laughs> I bought that pack. Hop Valley does the same thing with their stash pack. And you know what? I have one of those in my fridge right now, too. And so do I. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it yesterday. Nice. So, yeah, starting with uh, Ninkasi Brewing down in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, what are you going with? I'm going to go with uh, I, I have to empty my beer fridge of particular beer so this is going to be kind of a, a weird mix of the two but i'm going to be going with uh I, i'm not proud of this but a nice jammy sour uh, it's peaches and cream <laughs> so by uh, weathered souls so six percent uh two weeks ago this is oh go ahead pretty go ahead. tight yep. This is so I think this is going to explode. Yeah, it's going to pop. Yep. Yeah. Uh, speaking of jammy sours and might pop, two weeks ago I had a jammy sour blow the bottom of the can out in my in my fridge. Oh. And uh, I didn't hear it go off. There it goes. But uh, yep, 
Uh, I didn't hear it go off, but uh, and I hadn't been in the fridge lately because I wasn't drinking anything because I was on alcohol restrictions for for over two weeks. Um, luckily, my liver and kidney and everything else is fine, so uh, I can drink again. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so I hadn't opened my fridge in two weeks, and I opened the fridge and went, "What is that smell? What is that ungodly smell?" Oh, the middle the middle shelf in my fridge is like blood red. <laughs> with with uh it's it's actually the jammy that I gave you. It was that uh that it was the hydra. Oh, uh, the hydra. The hydra. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what blew up in my fridge. Oh. And so like think of like a a blackberry cobbler exploding and leaking all over a shelf in your fridge and then dripping down the sides. Like that's what I had to clean up a full pint of it. Oh. Uh, the, well, it's just sad too. Cause you, you that's such a good, that was beer. such a good beer. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I opened it and I went, I know what that is. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. no it's, it's my standard pour. <laughs> 20% beer, 80% head. <laughs> that's how you get them they save the most money i thought you were just about the tip though <laughs> not anymore not anymore. not anymore uh cheers john cheers as soon as i can get to mine mm. head john's Boom. going john's going i'm gonna get you ah. <laughs> Uh, aroma is not very pleasant, actually. It's, yeah, it's kind of stinky. I, I I noticed the face you were making. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did I have to unplug it and let it warm up to clean it? No. Luckily, not much made it down the sides, and uh, that cleaned up pretty easily with a magic eraser. Uh, but the stuff that was sitting on the shelf that literally glued all of the beers that were on that shelf to the shelf. Oh, yeah. And so I had to remove the shelf from the fridge and put it under hot water to like break up the beers and separate them out. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was like harvesting xenomorph eggs. <laughs> yeah, no, it it was awful. Never want to do that again. Oh. see uh there was a couple more there was novella hub is having an anchorage wake the others triple mm. ipa 10 percent. i've had that one I've that is that delicious one, yes. uh we have david h is having frog alley brewing uh winter ale from them from upstate new york skull's got a revolution brewing cryo hero Ooh. let's see here uh, Magic Rat is having a Kentucky Maple Barrel Aged Stout, twelve percent. I would be interested. In who makes that? Is that Matchless? Uh, I don't know. He just said uh, Kentucky Maple Barrel Aged Stout. That's all. Yeah, I so. I had I was pretty sure it's a Matchless, a beer that fit almost that exact description, uh, like three or four weeks ago, um, and it was phenomenal. Like, yeah, I know Matchless does these uh, like Willy Wonka theme, but candy bar barrel aged mm -hmm. out ones. Um, 
they are i bought one it was really good and then after that it's like but they are so expensive yeah uh um, all smokes all smoke stack barrel aged maple porter is what it was oh. is what i had uh oh that one's only 9.5 percent. kind of a easy goer <laughs> <laughs> yeah that beer was so good like it puts great notion uh fresh stacks on notice like how good that beer was i think the last one we got chris's boulevard whiskey barrel aged out 11.8 nice so yeah we got some nice ones and harley's drinking a pg tips english tea nice That's fine. okay what do you say we get into some of the news yes. starting with uh amazingly enough when you only put out one game every eight years you can't sustain your own game launcher what? Who would have thought? Uh, <laughs> Bethesda said to be abandoning Bethesda.net launcher and moving all of their games back to Steam. Well, Fallout 76. Because uh, you know what Steam was missing? Fallout 76. Yep, that's all it was. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a hint. But yeah, no, uh, <laughs> this this pretty much is one of those things that we've been talking about it for a long time on the shows of every company has their own right. epics had one um google tried to have their own the online play one amazon um, has tried amazon. and failed numerous times everyone's tried the only one that survived is epic Steam. epic and origin are the two oh, epic and, yeah, uh, they, yeah. Still origin up. hangs around uh there's also kind of you play but they do you play through Steam for most logins. Yeah. Uh, so you technically have the other launcher, but no one uses it directly. No, the only time people ever download it's like, hey, you get a free game if you download you Right. Play. Like, the yeah. only reason I had the Uplay launcher was because I wanted to play Far Cry 5. Yeah. And I bought it through Steam. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So... so- yeah, there, there just wasn't a community behind it. Like you said, they were only releasing, you know, nothing. They weren't releasing anything at all every year. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any, you know, third-party apps to really go with it that no one else had, yeah. essentially. That's the beauty of Steam is yeah, anyone can release to it, basically, or all, just about everyone releases to it. So you have all these wonderful third-party games, and then just... It's been around so long because of that. There's just right. a huge library. Right. You just uh, can't compete. My Steam library started in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you can't jump in the pool two years ago and expect to right. swim with all the professionals. Right. Just because you make a good game, one good game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Bethesda is more than just... Fallout 76, and more than just Bethesda. They also own id Software, which does Doom and, and you know, those type games. There's, I think they had enough games that if their more recent games would have been more successful, they might have had more success with this platform. But the fact that Fallout 76 was a dog from announcement, like not even on release day, people hated it before it was released. I was at QuakeCon for the release and there was no buzz about a new Fallout because this wasn't a new Fallout. Yeah. It was no, yeah. <laughs> it was, was so, awful. That announcement so video buzz. was 
I will not say as bad as Diablo Immortal. I will not say oh, as that. bad as Don't You Guys Have Phones? Um, yeah, I was going to say the Diablo mobile game. <laughs> but, but there was so little hype in the people walking around. Uh, there were some other like indie games that were there at QuakeCon that honestly had more buzz about them <laughs> than the centerpiece in Fallout 76. Yeah. Yeah. So, ugh. I mean, the the nice part, so if you did, if you do have the Bethesda um, front end or launcher, uh, you can slowly start moving over to Steam uh, starting in April. Uh, your wallet and Steam account, well, you can link all of that starting sometime in April. So I think you can actually probably do it now too. But I know officially they're going to say early, starting in early April, you can start linking them and moving everything over. Um, you know, move those two games over, essentially. And, you know, you're probably having a large amount left in their wallet for you to spend. I don't know. Who does that? Yeah. Uh, I'll just buy the game right then and there. So I normally don't do this. Uh, but D chimed in in chat. Anyone watching the news? Uh, by the way, hello, Jeff Gearling. Hello. Um, yeah, uh, is anyone watching the news? Seven minutes ago, uh, Putin orders military operation in Ukraine. So, there you go. I figured if you hadn't seen it, which I had not seen it, uh, you might want to be, uh, aware of it. Definitely... Definitely sucks to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I'm not looking forward to uh, additional news to come in the morning. No. No. I have to sleep at some point. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. This. Uh, this sucks. News is bad for my blood pressure. Yeah, mine too. Uh, I don't read a lot of news outside of tech uh although i do stay up to date with a number of different ongoings uh ongoings that i'm interested in or uh you know passionate about uh by the way fuck you greg abbott <laughs> i don't even care if this video gets demonetized at this point fuck you greg abbott for what this time? For whatever. <laughs> I don't even live in Texas. Uh, yeah. Boy, Bethesda shutting down seems kind of uh, <laughs> small potatoes now. Well, so it's just like Fallout 76. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> trying to make light hard. <laughs> uh, Slug Prince wants to know, serious question, how hard is it to manage a YouTube channel and not discuss polarizing political topics? Uh, that's easy. I just post everything that's polarizing over on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So if I have opinions, I put them over there. Uh, well, the other thing too is, you know, this is a, a tech channel. Mainly it's a tech and, and beer channel. And we tell our audience, look, this is why you're here. This is what we're going to go to. Now, the beauty part about this is we have a discord and it's a fantastic discord community and there's an area there 
that we easily can able to talk both sides, any side, whatever, uh, as long as they're facts. We, we have a COVID and political chat that has not been shut down in over two yeah. years. <laughs> so yeah, very, very good. So, and there's a bunch of other really fun stuff too. So it's a very healthy, fun, active community. If you want, if that sounds like something for you. It's only a dollar a month. The link is in the description That's below. Right. Wait, 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 to, video, wait to turn Russia invades Ukraine into a plug for my discord, John. <laughs> that's, that's a leap for a segue me. Linus would not have made. <laughs> Oh, this oh. Um. oh man <laughs> yeah um i will get political just not on the youtube channel itself yeah. outside of a couple outbursts like this on talking heads um and the only reason it came up was because it's like it literally just happened it, yeah literally just happened uh so there shouldn't be anything politically motivated discussion one way or the other when it comes to Russia invaded the Ukraine. You should be against it. <laughs> Period. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, American Cosworth, $5. Thoughts and prayers uh, to fellow YouTuber X79 lover Mike Honst. Yes, uh, he is in the Ukraine. He's from the Ukraine. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, thoughts going out to him, his family. Uh, hope hope everything is well and hope all are safe. Yes. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, brought to you by our other sponsor, the Discord Patreon and Floatplane. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, now we still have to do a 90, 90 minutes left in the show. <laughs> Man. Uh, I think we can do it. I think we can. I think we can. So... Come with us, won't you? Yes, as we tried to navigate today yep. <laughs> with some lighthearted tech and beer news. Um, <laughs> Starting with, uh, well, I guess the next next story is, uh, one of the coolest little projects that I've seen in a long, long time. Um, and that is that a hacker has put together... Uh, you can call this a, you have to call this a cyber deck. Uh, cyber deck is the uh, wireless nomad computer that you can either mount to you or is super small and you can take anywhere. Not a laptop. Think much more compact than that and think basic functionality or basic sensors or telnet terminal access or things like that. Um, you know, the hacker on the go if you were watching Swordfish. Uh, or Justin Long in Live Free or Die Hard. Like, like think of think of that, yeah, that but I, not stupid. I, I thought of Justin Long the second with the membrane fold-out keyboard. Yep, exactly. That's exactly the rubber what I dome thought. that no typist would ever be caught dead using. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, think of that style. Also, uh, gosh, who is it? Um. Uh, Voidstar Labs. Uh, Zach over at Voidstar Labs does a, a number of different Cyberdeck projects, and he's got mm. his Cyberdeck wrist-mounted one that is just freaking badass. Uh, this one is much more up my alley. I'm I'm not really about wearable electronics. I'm about small and portable electronics. And this little thing is so incredibly cute and reminds me of Sony back in the early 2000s with their <laughs> super mini PCs that were 
full x86 and ran windows but with terrible resolution and horrible passive screens and everything else you know form over functionality to the absolute extreme portability was kind of their mo this reminds me kind of of that ilk but with better functionality and that is the Penske uh computer uh it is a home-built retro style handheld pc uh, now, this is based off a Raspberry Pi Zero 2. That is the quad-core Raspberry Pi Zero. Uh, and, but the claim to fame in this thing is it has a full 48-key mechanical keyboard on it. <laughs> it's pretty sick looking. That is a full mechanical keyboard. Uh, and obviously, it's got yep. the ultra-wide display. That is a 1280 by 480 resolution screen. Um, so perfect for, you know, Telnet or SSH or, you know, whatever the remote access client of your dreams is, uh, obviously runs, you know, Raspbian or Ubuntu Mate or any of those, uh, you know, ARM-based variants. Uh, the hinge on it is a repurposed hinge from a Game Boy Advanced SP. Uh, <laughs> it does have, uh, a, a LiPo battery in it. Uh, it's got a Bluetooth module. It's got a keyboard, uh, obviously Bluetooth and Wi-Fi with the uh, Raspberry Pi Zero 2. Um, it's got a little uh, microcontroller for the keyboard and a full 48 keys of typing mobile bliss. <laughs> the clickety-clacks. The clickety-clacks, yes. Uh, I, I was just sitting there thinking, like, oh, I bet Maniac Geek is just like, I could turn those keys into so many cool things. <laughs> I want to build one of these. <laughs> I totally want to build one of these. I have no practical use for it, but I you want, just want one. It in the background. It's, it's you freaking just want cute. It, in the background. <laughs> it is absolutely adorable. I love projects like this. I I really really do. And I saw this one and I went, I have to have it. Uh, luckily, it is completely open sourced. Uh, you can get the CAD file or the uh, STLs and three D print your own casing. All of the hardware is just off the shelf components. Um, uh, I think it's using a uh, an Arduino Teensy for the uh, what is the keyboard controller? Oh, uh, Arduino Pro Micro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, very very simple. Runs QMK open source uh, keyboard firmware. You can completely customize your key layout. Actually, it looks like it could be smaller too. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah, cool. It's You just want to open it and be like, see what that case is over there? Yeah, open it up. It's a fully typable key. It's right. not one of those mesh pad button, you know, right. rubber uh, keyboards. No, this is a real keyboard. Like I said, design-wise, this so reminds me of those old Sony Vio Ultra Mobile PCs that they were trying mm. to make uh, popular for business executives and whatnot. Or the, uh, God, remember the HP Jornadas? Remember those... Mm. Uh, power pc windows ce powered devices oh, yeah. yeah um i actually did have a casio mobile pc like this now it was a mips processor um and just an absolute piece of garbage <laughs> but but i had one and it it ran quite well um or it didn't run well i should say it, it, it ran it ran uh i i typed a fair number of college papers on that thing um <laughs> it had a pcm cia PCI, ah, PCMCIA slot. There we go. Um, and at the time, I had a Singular 
uh, Edge uh, GSM card. This is before okay. 3G. Uh, I had an Edge cellular card that I could put into it, and I had mobile internet to my laptop from anywhere with like a 10 or 12 hour battery on it. Um, <laughs> and back at the time, uh, if you wanted like mobile data access like that, you had to pay AT&T 80 bucks. Unless you simply told your GSM modem to log into their mobile phone web host, which was just another web host, but with a different login page. Uh, if you rerouted it to that address instead, you could pay for their unlimited media net package for $10 a month and have unlimited internet access. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> you just went through your mobile plan or the mobile plan. I, I, added, <clears throat> I added a new device and it was a cell phone with data only. And it was $10 a month uh, to, to keep the SIM card active. And I said, yeah, I don't make phone calls on it. I just uh, send multimedia messages and I download MP3s. Like, of course, that's all I want to do with it immediately. And that was back when they gave you like free Nokia phones with with purchase of a large Coke. Uh, yes. Um... And uh, so, yeah, I signed up for a second device and I said, I don't want, you know, voice on it. I just want to be able to download MP3s on it and use it like an MP3 player. And they're like, okay, that's weird. I walked out of the store, literally hucked the phone in the garbage and just walked out with the SIM card. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a fun little, uh, looks like a fun little project. I mean, again, it's one of those things of like, am I going to do anything with it? No, but I want it as... Check out this cool thing that I have. Right. Check out what this does. It's fun. It's <clears throat> quirky. It's wacky. Um, it's one of those things of just like once you get older, you just like accomplishing certain things and then having it yourself and you built it yourself and you're just like, it's going to sit on my shelf. Right. That that display piece cost me 120 bucks, but I built it. Right. And it's cool. Right. I, I have a number of projects like that around that I've – my my visor that I built yeah. like the time that went into making and finishing that and sourcing, you know, everything that went into that, uh, you know, I'm probably 30, 40 hours into that. And if it's for craft computing, I don't roll out of bed for less than like one fifty an hour. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you take like 30 hours into that. That was an expensive prop to build. Yeah, exactly. There's like, I just wanted it. And by the way, I wish I had the opportunity to not roll out of bed for less than 150 an hour. <laughs> I don't do consulting work for less than 150 an hour. How's that? For craft, it's like, for craft, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Yeah. You're like, oh, my chest hurts. Ah, it's, now it's 180 an hour. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I never had any of those like the Sony Vio ones. Uh, I remember in high school I had, oh, what was it? It was a Palm. What is it? Cast or something? It was just an old Palm, uh, black and white, you know, personal tablet thing. Mm -hmm. But I had I had a mechanical keyboard that slid, you know, slid open. Yeah, you had the the razor or the. Uh the folding keyboard. 
yeah it was like yeah. a folding keyboard and it and then you unfold it and then you slide out and lock it in um all of my high school notes were done on that <laughs> yeah that thing that's, uh that's most of my high school notes were done on a handspring visor uh with graffiti i didn't i didn't even bother buying the keyboard because i was faster with graffiti than i was typing. oh yeah um so yeah uh yeah i i had a number of really cool mobile devices back in the day um i had what would essentially become the ultrabook uh it was another sony vio but this was a 12.1 inch laptop with a with a pentium 3 low voltage processor it was one of the first uh one of the first Centrino laptops. Do you remember that branding? Um, uh, Intel Centrino. It was their ultra mobile, low volts, long battery life. This is back in the day when floppy drives and CD drives were still like expected to be included in laptops. And this had <laughs> nothing. This had a single RAM stick for expansion. It had a Pentium 3 low voltage processor. Um, 12.1 inch, uh, 768 display. Uh, and that was about it. And this tiny little trackpad, but it got like seven hours of battery life. Yeah. Back then. That's amazing. Right. Um, I had a docking station for it at home that I could plug it into just about any, any device that I wanted. It had, you know, a couple of USB 1.0 or 1.1s on it. It had a parallel port. It had serial. It had... Uh, the dock, I believe, also had uh, a CD-ROM drive in the side of it, so I could still like load CDs into it and whatnot without getting weird. Um, but yeah, that was—I had one of those for a while too. Oh. I wish I still had that one because it was super cool looking. It was the uh, the very very vintage Vio purple and silver. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it screamed late nineties. So like as much as like the Apple, the mm -hmm. clear silicone apples, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, the old uh, G3 Max. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've owned tons of G3 Max, like double digits. I've owned uh, G3 Max. Same with uh, Emacs, and later on the uh, uh, Intel 17-inch iMacs. Like I've owned probably 30 or 40. It like if you add them all together in total of those machines. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, uh I think I'm going to build a Penske. I I think I have yeah, to. That would be Well, now you do. Now and I do. then and then you have to document it obviously. Right. You know. Uh someone mentioned in chat a Trio 650. Um I still have both my Trio 650 and my Trio 680. Um That's I true. I had a Gosh, what was it? Um, after Palm was purchased by, I want to say it was HP, uh, they came out with a couple different models. There was the, and they rebranded it to Palm because HP owned Palm and then later Handspring and Palm went back together and then HP bought Palm, which also got the Handspring assets. So the Treo came out with... So now it was the Palm Trail instead of the Handspring Trail or whatever. It went weird. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the the little trio that they came out with. Because um, I had one of those. I didn't like it. It was buggy. Uh, it didn't work all that well. Uh, I always wanted one of the Palm Pros. 
one of the uh, the Palm OS based uh, Palm 700s. They were a metal phone. Um, oh, by the way, I, ha I had a visor phone as well. I had the, the cellular expansion for the handspring visor. Um, I always wanted a Palm Pro. Uh, it was the, it's called the Palm 700. They came in two variants. It was the Palm 700 or the Palm 700W, which came with Windows CE. Uh, and that was hot garbage, but the Palm Pro itself was pretty impressive. It was an all metal phone, um, beautiful display on it. Uh, I believe it had 3G. Um, yeah, there were so many cool phones back in the day that I wish I had. Yeah, there's a, they were so much more, I mean, we, we constantly talk about like the Nokia's mm -hmm. and everything like that, but they were just literal bricks mm -hmm. and they could withstand anything i've had uh it was uh, i used my trio 650 for four and a half years oh yeah on the same battery <laughs> yeah no i uh i had it was like a samsung or not samsung lg original just it said like droid uh you know the flip phone yeah one um that was a motorola motorola yeah. thank you thank you uh, that thing went through the washer twice and I <laughs> dropped it in a toilet still worked great. Yeah. You know, uh, I think the only thing that broke on it was the camera, mm -hmm. which was actually one of the cool things was they had such a huge camera. It even had its own shutter Yeah, <laughs> on it. It was so huge. Uh, it, it was amazing. I think it was like a 0.4 of a megapixel or something like that yeah. I was like this thing takes great pictures because it allowed so much light in yeah <laughs> uh uh yeah uh and then i had uh let's see i had i had the nokia's for the longest time mm -hmm. and i switched to crappy flip phones and then i got the motorola droid i had two or three versions of that one i really liked it yeah um, i had a blackberry Still have that one, actually. Surprise! We can't be friends anymore. <laughs> actually, it still turns on and still has some of my old text messages uh, in it. And I remember I hated the internet, browsing the internet on that thing. Yeah, uh, that thing was so horrible. But I did love the trackball that I had on it because scrolling was so fast. Yeah, on the browser, just shh, it was just like a great <laughs> rollerball. Yeah. Um, I think I'd just play with that rollerball in my pocket while I was just walking. It just, it just felt so much fun. So <laughs> that was the best part of that. I did. I did get that phone for free. Yeah. So okay, well, I didn't, I didn't pay for it. I guess that partially makes up for it. Yep. 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 Oh, wow. So I'm browsing eBay at the same time. Uh, <laughs> you're looking for, you're looking for stuff, aren't you? Jeff drinks beer and eBay. I, I, it's half of my channel content. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, I just ran across an IBM PC 110. For those who don't know, the PC 110 is the super tiny, uh, like it's IBM's version of the Palm Top. But this yeah. is like before, this is Windows 95. And it has, I believe, a 486 SX 33 megahertz processor. And they're super rare. I just found one new old stock on eBay. 
Oh, yes, I see it. <laughs> you going to buy it for that price? No, no. It, oh, my God. As far as nostalgia goes, like, my limit is usually about 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, wait, yeah. I thought, yeah, all the indented keys. Yeah. Oh, look at that. that is, uh, I, I, what I love, what I love is that they have a picture of it and they're like, hey, check out cool this is. It can run Wolfenstein. Yeah. Or Doom. Yeah. There you go. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll throw it up on here so we can all oogle it. There we go. Uh, 3000 Canadian or a bargain price at just 23.56.55 US. Uh, you still have to pay shipping which to the U.S. would be $179. Uh, but this is the PC-110. Um, at least the disassembled one. This is supposed to be new old stock. I think they maybe just have every bit of it because they have the original box. Yeah. And but why is like it receipt? disassembled? Maybe I, to show it's all original parts. I, I see he has revision C with the jumper cables on it. God, look how the thing's the size of like a Xbox or the thickness. Oh yeah, totally. It's tiny, but yeah, that is just crazy. What was it like? There it is. What is this? Cool. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no. The and the pictures keep going and going, and then I think he reassembles it all toward the end. Yeah. But this should give you an idea of how tiny this thing is. Because uh, that's the VGA ribbon cable for the display. Uh, so these are like... Quarter inch, three eighths, maybe? Yeah, well, he, he's got a couple... Uh, once it's assembled, he has pictures of him holding it next to his hand. Yeah. Like, and, the, uh, these these machines are tiny. Uh Oh, a little further down. I forgot. I forgot one key feature. This was also a telephone. Oh my gosh. See see this right here? Yeah. And and this right here? You could literally hold it like this and use it as a phone. <laughs> as an analog phone. There yeah, so is. there's his hand. Right there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, these things were tiny. If you do want to see a review on one of these, uh, LGR has a phenomenal walkthrough on one of these. Um, but yeah, it's fun stuff. I like old stuff like this. Uh, moving on. Know, then, you, then you always constantly kick yourself. be like, I used to have something like that. Why did I sell it? I, I used to have some tech that I sold for like 10 bucks. That's now selling for like a thousand. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Can't keep everything though. The moment you start doing that, people are like, you're crazy. You have everything, all, this, all these stores bought. Mm -hmm. You need to go buy 15 acres to go store it all. <laughs> Not that I did that. Right. Where are you going to put your beer fridge? <laughs> I'm going to make all those land ones where it's underneath. Oh, yeah. There you go. You know, and just get some a... old storage containers and bury them. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Make Got yourself a little stout and... cellar. Yeah. There we go. Just make sure they're not yeah. fiberglass. Make sure you actually get the steel ones. <laughs> they don't bury well if they're fiber class. <laughs> Collapse. Uh, Valve. Seems like every week we talk about something new with the Valve Steam Deck. Uh, 
And this week is no different. Uh, Valve yep. is reportedly testing native ports for the Steam Deck for Linux uh, in addition to Proton. Now, this headline is a little weird to interpret. Uh, Valve is testing essentially if developers port their games from Windows to Linux, will they see better performance if it's a native Linux port versus using Proton with the Windows native game? Uh, and actually, the results so far have been kind of surprising. Uh, Proton, in some cases, in many cases, is actually doing a better job at running the games with better performance than their native the Linux yeah. counterparts. Um, and this is all running in SteamOS, uh, in SteamOS 3.0. Uh, the reason for that is complex, uh, mainly because there's so many things that aren't completely optimized for Linux. And I don't want the Linux fanboys to come after me right now. Because uh, trust me, I'm a Linux fan. If Linux was usable, I'd use it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have to type sudo for everything, I'd use Linux. It's not even that. Like, the majority of my home network, like my entire server stack, it runs Linux top to bottom. Uh, the problem is, and I don't care what your opinion is, as far as a usable desktop environment for more than basic tasks, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. If there's a problem with it, it's a pain in the ass. If you need specific software, it's a pain in the ass. Don't tell me it does everything when it doesn't run Adobe Premiere, when it doesn't have native Discord clients, when it doesn't, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And those might seem like simple things. We'll just use, you know, just Google Kdenview or, or, or use it. OpenShot. Yeah, a couple or, lines of code to put it in and it works just fine. Or use an open source alternative like OpenShot or KDN Live or something like that. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same program. And, and yeah, I need I need Adobe for something very specific that Adobe does. Right. And and then I need additional plugins that Adobe has. Mm -hmm. I can't do that with Linux. That don't work or, with Linux. So you know, my so workflow so is is hampered and impacted by the fact that this Linux desktop doesn't run this software. Yeah. And that software is not available nor does it have a good counterpart. Just because I, it has a video editor doesn't mean it's a good video editor. Yeah, and I know I there's DaVinci Resolve. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I it has its own problems running on Linux. Linux is good to do essentially one thing, is how I describe it. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's like it can't do more than one thing. It's just look, if you're gonna have it, if you're gonna have a Linux system, have it do one thing, you know, and, and you'll be fine. Have it be your X, and it'll do that thing brilliantly. Don't have it be your if it's going to be your daily driver as a browser, just do that with it. Just browse the internet with it. Don't do anything more with it. If it's going to be your media server, let it just be that. Don't try to browse your browse the internet and be your media server. You know, you're for the average, and I, and I mean this by the average person. I'm not talking the fanboys out there, people that know more about Linux and how to work around it. It's just so, sorry, I, I just got uh, a, a wrong number text. Uh, Hey baby, there's what's up? Did you singles? What's up? Did you still want to get crazy later? 
So I said, I'm up for whatever you are. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, uh, if only you could share your phone screen. <laughs> yeah. We we need to now take polls on... On responses. What, on yeah. responses. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you updated. Um... So yeah, anyway, if Anyways, if Linux valid. had better drivers, if if there were was better support for software, if if and and it's the chicken or the egg concept, and the problem is neither one of them wants to move first. You need to get developer support for software to get actually high-end compatibility and reliability with drivers, with software stacks, with APIs, with everything else. That is not there right now. But you also need that support to be there if you want the customers and users to actually come and use your product. So unless someone blinks and makes the first move, which Steam is making quite a few moves uh, as far as that regard goes. And make no mistake, SteamOS 3.0 is going to be a major, major revolution, revelation in gaming. Um, and maybe a point where you can entirely switch your gaming rig over to run Linux and have no issues at all. And I never thought I would be able to say that in my lifetime, but the opportunity is here. Whether or not Steam and Valve deliver, that's still up in the air. But if they do, and so far indications are that they're going to deliver, SteamOS 3.0 is going to be a major turning point for gaming. Well, and I, I'm also looking forward to, and I think we, I said this the last time I was on the show, you know, I, I have my own personal problems of mostly design aspect of it just being large. But again, I also kind of equated that to think of the Game Gear and the Game Boy and things were quite chunky. Oh, you got a response. Oh, gosh. I guess I took down the wrong number at the bar. I'm still down for a good night if you are. <laughs> <laughs> Just lift your leg up and show them a picture of your leg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. You want to come join my live stream? <laughs> Just just tell them you're live streaming right now and you can send them a link for only $9.99. All right. Uh, I am sending. I'm already four beers in, so I think I'll have to pass. Shit's crazy enough already. <laughs> That's just probably going to turn them on even more. I know. Uh, Four but yeah, the, the, what are you wearing? <laughs> the Valve Steam Deck is, uh, I I think... If I get a dick pic does, out of this, I'm going to be so pissed off. I, I was, I was going to say, you might be getting one. Or he might ask one from you. Right. Uh, uh, Bro, she I, gave I, you I a think, wrong number, man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't write it down. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but it's, I think it's more of a design and I think over time, I do think the software and hardware in this works very well and will work very well. I, I just, it's the large chunkability of it. And I think over time it'll evolve just like, you know, the Xbox, 
the, the console aspect of it. If we remember the old Xbox, the original, not the one, but the original one with the big green X, was just huge. It was just a giant PC. Over time, slimmed down. Hardware does slim down. And I think probably the Steam Deck 2 um, would probably be very revolutionary. I was sitting there equating it to, uh, 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 not the Xeons. <clears throat> oh, what? What <laughs> now? Uh, I'm sure you're sexy, but could I get a pic? I'll send a few more. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a catfish. It's a catfish. Oh. Yeah. Still, it was funny. <laughs> it's a catfish. I, I can't show the phone right now. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is going to be like, I think the Steam, Steam Deck is going to be like the, the Ryzen. Uh, the first one's really good, and second and third gen are actually going to be the really big, amazing ones. And everyone's still um, just dipping their toe into the Steam Deck. Yeah, type of a thing. So, but with stuff like this, because stuff is always coming out, new information about the software, the hardware, people are integrating things, and that's the best part. Is the Steam OS uh, system is Linux compatible, and I believe they're trying to work with Windows too. Um, just software like this in general is also going to allow smaller Linux computers to run uh, bigger things, uh, more powerful <laughs> games. So eventually in time. Kren wants to know if he should send me a picture to use. <laughs> Boy, that is tempting. Uh, that is super tempting. I mean, uh, I, I sent it to Ready Room, so I can't even <laughs> post it in, in any of the mains. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's catfish. That's catfish. <laughs> that's catfish. Oh yeah, but yes, you should. Trolling for idiots by putting double D's on a hook. Zzz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's a very attractive young lady, <laughs> and also probably close to half my age. <laughs> yep. And also probably a dude in India. <laughs> uh, the the one thing, though, uh, there was an interesting aspect that people did have curiosity about this port or the fact that um, the Steam Deck is kind of basically deciding which version runs better. There are there was a concern that certain show, games... Show her feet pics. <laughs> <laughs> certain... Certain games uh, may have a native Linux port, but their downloadable content doesn't. Yeah. And they were wondering how something like that would work and how would the game more often than not, more often than not, um, downloadable content is not an additional executable. Uh, more often than not, it is game files that are added in that are just raw game files. Um, now, obviously, this varies with every developer and every studio and how they publish and things like that. Uh, when you download Horse Armor for Oblivion, you don't launch the executable for Oblivion with Horse Armor. You launch Oblivion yeah. and it loads in a package that has Horse Armor in it. Uh, and that data, as long as your binary has been compiled for Linux or you have a compatibility layer or emulator, if you will, <laughs> will run the executable for you. Um, then 
it just reads that data as if it were a native data file because to the executable, it's just a native data file. Hobbit feet pics. <laughs> uh, Tech Geek sends over $25. Thank you very much, good sir. $25. Uh, Got to run for work as per usual. Good night, and hopefully you both start healing up and feeling better. Have a wonderful rest of the night, Jeff and John. Thank you very much. Thank I you. do appreciate that. Cheers. I will say I'm not overly comfortable sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put on a good face, but pain level is about a three trending four. It, it's definitely noticeable. Uh, you know what else is noticeable? The sponsor to my segue. That's right. Today's episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes catfishing scams from India or wherever you may be. Sorry, sorry, that's not in the read. That includes software from most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. In September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Linode. Thank you, Linode. Well, I am done with my peaches and cream, uh -huh. which was not very creamy or that peachy. Or peachy? Um, actually, actually, it was very tart. Um, so that's probably why it exploded, because it ate all the sugars. Yep. All right. Uh, but uh, I'm ready for a second beer. Yeah. What do you got going next? I have uh, something on the opposite end, um, something I'm hoping is going to be good. An Anchorage beer. Ooh. Uh, Happy Alone. I have not had that one. This is a stout, the oat stout, finished with coffee, vanilla bean, cinnamon, and milk sugar. So basically your morning cup of coffee. Oh. Uh, when I was reaching for beers for the show, I almost grabbed uh, an espresso ale. Uh, and not the one you're probably thinking of. Not the uh, not the rogue uh, ales. Uh but uh, I, I almost grabbed an espresso, and I kind of wish I would now. Because that would have been oh, really good. Oh, that just smells like coffee. It looks amazing. Oh, that's, that's that's the right color. Yes. Man, that rich caramel color to it. Wow. Yes, that's a good one. That's sexy. It's, it smells like morning it's, coffee. Yeah, that, that's way sexier than the pick I just got. Uh <laughs> About <laughs> uh, moving my way up the Willamette Valley, uh, Block 15 Brewing, one of my favorite seasonal beers to come out of Block 15 is their Dab series. Oh, yes. Uh, Dab Mosaic is this year's flavor of choice. Um, if you don't know what it's about, you probably can't ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
this beer does not contain any any hemp or anything like that. But as you all know, uh, hops and flour, shall we say, are really of the same family. Uh, they're very similar plants. They grow in similar environments. They produce very similar flowers. Uh, it's just what do you do with them that makes them different. Uh, we like to ferment our hops. Other people like to grind them up and smoke them. Uh, so this is using beer hops in an homage to the other family of plant that it shares origins with. Yeah, I believe uh, they extract oils yes. from that and use the oils in that IPA. I believe well. they may. Uh, the Dab Lab Mosaic. Mosaic is a single hop exploration of one of the most multifaceted varieties around, boasting a complex hop palette with citrus, berries, pine, herbal, and tropical fruit character. The Dab Lab series focuses on vibrant hop-forward ales that prominently feature uh, hop extractions. So nothing about uh, hemp oils or or anything like I that. Extract this. Uh, but... Yeah. These are, as the kids say, dank. <laughs> yes. And oh man, is that ever. Whew. Oh, wow. I need a fork to get through this one. Really? Nice and thick. That is chewy. What percentage is that? Seven. Wow, like it's not really? even that high. Yeah. And I I feel like I need silverware. And I'm not <laughs> even kidding. It's a meal. Yes. I mean, this is a salad with croutons. It's... I think this is an undiscovered non-Newtonian fluid. It does not seem to follow standard physics laws. I feel like I have to chew it. It is that thick. Well, that's good. Maybe, maybe I'll get a couple of those next month. They were in a four-pack for ten ninety-nine, I think. Oh, really? Like it was well, not bad. Are we? Are Are you doing well? You're not. Are you still doing? Or you did it last year. I don't know if you're doing it. Are you doing uh, Mixology cocktail? March? Yeah. I may. We'll see. May. Okay. Uh, wow. Undecided at this point. I, I might do Mixology March. I think that needs to be a normal staple. A normal thing. Well, I, I will have to decline. I'll still be drinking beer. I'm going to do something very special for my. my so I've heard. Long. Yes. And so. I haven't talked to you about this either. No. When you said chewing, I was like, I could use something like that. So. I, I think this beer will actually fill you up, John. <laughs> Good, because that's why. Well, yes, yeah, so I was looking at it. It just can't have any adjuncts in it, so that's why I've been drinking these that have adjunct sugars yeah. and things in it. So it has to be a traditionally made style beer. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have the the lactose additives and yes. and things like that. Yeah, jammy sours or anything like that. You know, Boo. made with made with cookies in it. <laughs> Or cereal added. Brewed with Reese's Pieces. Like yeah, can't can't have anything like that. It's got to be a standard standard beer. I already have two and a quarter cases of uh, beer on standby. Uh -huh. Special Belgian beer. Nice. So that 
the, the announcement will probably go out next week. So. Very cool. I can't wait. I, I'm I'm very interested, actually. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I want to do that one. Too. I could, I could, <laughs> I could do that. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Why not? <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. And then, you know, I'm the whole entire time. I'm like, yeah, I got this. I got this. I got this. And now it's getting closer. I'm like, oh man, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> <laughs> right? I did it. I did it. What for, are like, you doing days. for breakfast? That's that's what you're nervous about. No, no, I think I'll be fine. Okay, I think okay. that'll be fine. Uh, I, I figured it'd be, you know, shower. And I'll be fine by the time you know. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a big one or anything like that. Yeah, no, and I've then... I, I've done uh, intermittent fasting before, and it it actually worked quite well for me. Um, yeah, I, I I've done that too. Yeah, and so it worked it works great. So, and uh, I can still have uh, straight black coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So and wa- and water. Excellent. So it's like okay, that's I'll just have that. Yeah. Who cares about thirty calories one way or the other, right? Yeah. So that'll be that'll be fun. So, but uh, as soon as you posted, uh, <laughs> you were like, "Oh, look what I get to have for lunch." I was like, "Jeff, you just wait." Yeah. Right. <laughs> every day, I'm going to remind you. Guess what I get to have? <laughs> hey, hey, John. The reason I don't post every day is because it would get old. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. We do hey, have some beer yeah. news to get to. We do. We do. Uh, you like NFTs, right? Don't you ever <laughs> accuse me of that again. <laughs> well, if get NFTs, out. <laughs> if NFTs are not your thing, if crypto stuff is not your thing, I think. I can sell you on something that you would probably like. How would you like to invest in bourbon barrels? The physical barrels, not a receipt for the barrel? A physical barrel, Jeff. This is your barrel. I'm going to ask how much. (laughs) That I don't know. (laughs) But uh, no, so there is a company. They're out in Chicago, uh, Kentucky. uh, That is doing... Well, yeah, they are doing essentially um, instead of crypto is buy a barrel and or barrels buy buy a brick can, with your name on it. Buy a brick with your name on it. We're going to use it or, or we're going to, you know, a, brewer, a distiller is going to use it, but you get a percentage or you own it. And essentially it's an investment over time. Uh, these barrels get older and older and older, and they're more sought after by distilleries. They're wanting, you know, five-year, eight-year, ten-year mm-hmm. age barrels that are taken care of. And now it's worth X amount of money, and you now own that barrel over time. Uh, it's kind of an interesting, interesting concept. It's called Cask X. Okay. And so you can own your own. You own stocks of whiskey. Yes, essentially. Without having to make and sell it themselves by opening a distillery. Investors pay everything off in advance, including taxes and insurance and storage fees. After that, it's a waiting game. So we, just like a distillery would, we wait for our spirits and investments to mature. Uh, And how do we collect that's that's my biggest question yeah i didn't i didn't really see that part 
<laughs> right. Um, I would I would be under the assumption that you're betting on that barrel being, uh, you know, so old and places are sought after for that barrel. I don't know if you own the liquid versus the actual wood aspect. I think you own the wood. Right. Um, follow up question. Uh, whoever's buying these barrels, I would assume would need to sign a contract acknowledging that they don't own full rights to the barrel and so on and so forth. Like, call me skeptical. <laughs> I won't mind if you call me skeptical, but call me skeptical. Um, this almost seems like a quasi Ponzi scheme. Could be. I mean, it really could be, but... Uh, you know, I, like NFTs. <laughs> uh, whiskey investment specialist. Select the office nearest you. So we got Los Angeles, Sydney, or Hong Kong. All right. So I'm not going to either one of those. So let's go to Los Angeles. Uh, bourbon barrels or scotch cast investments. Accounting. I don't know. Wealth management resources. Uh-huh. How's that monkey drawing working out for you? <laughs> hey, that uh, five hundred dollar investment is only at three fifty nine now, so it, it can bounce back, Jeff. It'll bounce back. But yeah, so this would be—I just thought it was an interesting thing. I—I I more enjoyed the aspect of the way this article took it for the NFTs. Yeah, and knew it would piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed correctly, sir. <laughs> I was like, I like the way they framed this. This is going to piss Jeff off. <laughs> I know I'm going to do the intro. Uh, I don't know. It'd be kind of a fun. Uh, actually, I didn't get a whole lot of time to find this, look into this article. I, I might actually look into it more. Yeah. If if you do own the rights to the wood, because I wonder if they almost act like a broker. Right. Um, if they did, they would have like, to. Hey, they would, you know, they take a. 30% cut and then this barrel moves from distillery to distillery for you know they need to age something and they have to buy it but then they're taking you know 30% for storage well, shipping the, and blah blah the, blah the thing would be that kind of like stocks let's say I buy 15% of a barrel okay that barrel as new American oak is probably going to be used to produce bourbon because yeah. you have to age bourbon in new American oak. And these are supposedly brand new barrels. Um, once the bourbon has been made, you can't use that barrel for bourbon again. So actually what happens a lot of times is American oak barrels will go over to Scotland to oh, make scotch. Uh and and whatnot. So let's say a bourbon maker ages their bourbon for four years, which is pretty standard over here. Uh, they then send them over to Scotland to age for between four and 12 years because it has to be used oak barrels over in Scotland. Uh, so you're looking a minimum of eight years, even after the first resale uh, of the barrel. Uh and then wherever the barrel goes, 
is the company going to be like, this is long-term investing with a brand new idea. <laughs> That's basically what it, yeah. 10 year storage included. So you're, you're looking at 10 year investment minimum right there. Uh, even just for buying, procuring, aging, and reselling, you're looking at a five year minimum. Uh, yeah. And then to make it worth anything, you're looking at 10 to 12 year minimum. And that's for a standard bourbon and a mid-range, low to mid-range scotch, uh, which is not well, going I mean, to be necessarily a highly coveted barrel at that point. I mean, like, yes, there are, there are places that want those types of barrels, but they're not going to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars for that one unless, you know, you made an Elijah Craig 18 and then was, was sold to Scotland and then they made uh Glenfiddich 14. Okay. We are how many years into the life of this barrel now? And it might be worth something at this point. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. I wonder how much you have control over like what's being aged in it. Right. Um, who's aging it and uh, and how long is cask x going to be around as my broker for this investment and what happens yeah. if they go under with my money yeah call me skeptical you're more than welcome to <laughs> but like you said it's it i'm betting this is gonna this is one of two things this is either one it's gonna be like that if it is a decent price because i've been looking on here i can't find a single thing about price yeah. Uh, the the only thing I've seen about prices, hey, do you make over two hundred thousand dollars or more annually? And it's like, oh, okay, so this is obviously an expensive investment, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, it's not like, hey, I want to own one barrel. Craft uh, computing's going. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because I was sitting there thinking, I was like, okay, I've seen barrels on you know Craigslist and everything that are for sale, it's like a hundred. It's like a 50 bucks for wine. Yeah. Like 200 bucks for like a bourbon yeah. or whiskey, something and, like that. And that's like, okay. and that's like a Pabst blue ribbon whiskey. Yeah. Well, yeah. This was aged for five seconds. Yeah. Um, touched wood. <laughs> what more do you want? So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this barrel's probably, you know, $400 or $500 for the investment. Uh, so that it's either rich extremely wealthy people who love bourbon and you know or and scotch right who are like buying them up or it's that novelty wife that bought her husband one barrel right you know like hey you technically own a barrel and, and then blah, and blah, you're blah. technically a lord and i technically have a star named after me like can we move I, along with this crap i i framed my my lordship <laughs> Of course you did. It's 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 right up there. Uh, I refuse to recognize the state of <laughs> of hops and brews. Yeah, the communist state of John. <laughs> I'm telling you though, I'll go buy a couple. People's more. Republic of hops and brews. <laughs> you you need I need a one by one inch uh, 3D printed castle. I'm gonna go plop it in that plot of land. You know we can totally <laughs> make that happen. Do you want to moat with that too? We need like a GPS transmitter with a webcam on it with a battery life for, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, that way we can always see what's going on in uh, my land as I lowered upon it and look upon the peasants yeah. from below. <laughs> it's funny, on a side note, when I was in the doctor's office, because I've been stuck so many times recently, uh, 
the nurse is sticking me again and she goes uh uh so i know i know you have like pain and whatnot but overall like how are you doing and i said well i'm kind of tired of getting poked with needles every other day (laughs) (laughs) don't know why that was relevant that just came up just came up just random thought yeah i'm kind of curious uh when my parents unpack their boxes if they're gonna find your finger well that was we were we were talking about that because we thought we found the box because there was a bunch of blood uh, on it and then ended up being like five or six boxes had blood all over it because i think it was like me swinging my arm oh god yeah <laughs> what is that uh a uhf joke just call me mr butterfingers <laughs> oh not again would you look at this boy that's a callback <laughs> you got an in living color reference for us too <laughs> I just remembered it because Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> is doing a Weird Al movie. Yeah. And so they did a, uh, the first screen or pictures of him in his makeup. Yeah. Uh, there's something interesting that's not beer related or alcohol related. That's right. Um, but it's uh, Pepsi. Pepsi is doing something interesting with their cans that other beer companies have been doing for a very, very long time. Uh, specifically, Guinness has been doing this for a very long time. And Pepsi is adopting what they are doing. Also, left hand. Left hand is also very. very left hand is in this. Uh, left hand does it a little bit different. Yep. This, this so the interesting thing about the Pepsi is actually more like Guinness because they're using a tiny little widget in it, hmm. and where left hand is just uh, carbonated with nitro. Right. Right. So we are talking Pepsi. It's releasing the very first nitrogen infused Pepsi with a widget of nitrogen. So once you open the can, that widget breaks and seals. If you ever had a can of Guinness, you'll feel like it's almost like a marble. Now you'll have Nitro Pepsi, uh-huh. a creamy Pepsi. Okay, but I mean, it's like a root beer float, so you're getting a Pepsi float. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, it sounds good. It sounds interesting. I'm, I'm willing to try it. And they, they're coming out with a draft cola and vanilla draft cola. So, hey, you know, whatever. Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll I'll give it a whirl. I'll try it. Yeah, I have no problem trying it. Although the one thing I've always, people have always told me that have ever tried nitro beer that don't drink beer mm-hmm. is that it tastes flat. Yeah. It always tastes flat. It may be creamy, but it tastes flat. And I'm wondering with Pepsi and like sodas in general for me, I like that over carbonation. Yes. I like the bubblies. It, it kind of almost makes it fresh and as the carbonation goes it the aromatics are constantly popping in my nose yep. you know as i'm drinking it um i'm i'm curious if this is just going to taste like syrup like once the head goes down right so i was like oh this is great for half of it and the other half was like oh this is flat soda essentially yeah um now that you bring that up i don't know how popular this is going to be um I mean, you can't have this on ice either. That's true. You'll you'll diffuse everything within like two yeah, minutes. Exactly. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I'm I'm curious. I mean, I'll still. It, I'm I'm betting. I'm betting this is probably going to come in like a four pack. Yeah. Um, because they're seeming to come in the tall sixteen ounce boys. Yep. Um, but it's coming out beginning March twenty eighth. 
So a couple days, end of the week, basically. I'll, uh, I'll be on the lookout for it. Yeah, I'll if I see it, I'll probably buy one or two. Yeah, you know, just to be like, I want to try this. <laughs> big Big Spoon just t- chimed in and yeah. said, five bucks. Thank you, Big Big Spoon. Uh, I am to a lord, lordbigbigspoon.com. Ah, uh, can't handle all these noblemen around. <laughs> Our glory. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Pepsi, um, we talked about this a while ago. Uh, Pepsi uh, was teaming up, Pepsi Co., was teaming up with um, Boston Beer Company, so yep. uh, Dogfish Head and um, Samuel Adams. Samuel Adams, right. Sam, um, to make a Mountain Dew hard seltzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I think we talked about when they were announced on Instagram, and that was all we knew about it. Well, officially, it has launched today, landed in stores today, but only three states. Uh, Florida, Tennessee, and Iowa. Iowa. Right. Okay. Uh, Iowa is a big Mountain Dew drinker. Okay, I, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, so, but but more being announced throughout the year. They're expecting to do, you know, a full nationwide launch, but slowly throughout the year. Yep. Um, but yeah, if you're in one of those three states, I went and found there is a reviewer. Uh, I think I found that probably the only one YouTube video, a guy reviewing it, he basically said it just tastes like soda. Yeah. Which I'm betting it probably tastes more like the diet soda I had with the Bud Light because it's sugar-free, so which means it's Splenda or... Sucralose or... Yeah. Sucralose or some, something like that. So it's going to have that zero sugar, you know, diet soda flavor. John Jay and, says those are probably big NASCAR states, and I would have to agree with that assessment. That's that's actually not a bad point right yep. there. Yeah. Mm. The other interesting aspect is, for some reason, they're coming in, they're selling these in the um, 12 ounce and the big 20 ounces. Yeah. So <laughs> they're just like, you're going to get it. You're, yep. you're getting the big tall boy. Yeah. Um, I'm not normally a think of the kids type person. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a, if you do a good job parenting, your kids will probably be fine. Although every kid is different, who knows? But in this case, because Mountain Dew has always been that teenage teenage drink, a teenage brand. It feels a little weird. It feels well, weird. It, if you look at even the packaging of the the twelve pack, right? It kind of just looks like oh, it's new. It's a like the Baja Fresh Mountain Dews or something yeah. like that, or the the Lightning like Stinger or the Orange, you know, the Live whatever. Wire or whatever. S- saying saying the word hard Mountain Dew doesn't really like oh, this is alcoholic. It's the same brand. It's the same yeah. logo. It, it's it's still right on message point for all of their other stuff to right. be extreme. Right. I mean if if they brought back Dewshine. Yeah. I sure call it something else. You can associate it with Mountain Dew, but don't make it the Mountain Dew brand. Um yeah. 
I mean, I mean, the logo is Mountain Dew in front, hard is behind it. Yeah. That's the thing is they're they're pushing Mountain Dew in your face. Right. Hard's behind it. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe slap hard over the Mountain Dew to cross it off or something. Or don't you know? call it Mountain Dew. You use use Dew and something else. Yeah. Hard hard do. Like hard do. Hard do. Yeah. There you go. Um and you're still associated with the Mountain Dew brand, but you're not advertising that you're just Mountain Dew. And for me, feels like you're just advertising that you're Mountain Dew. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not a, you know, don't advertise to kids ever, you know, period thing. I'm not a, you know, monster energy drinks is, is a sign of the devil or anything like that. But there's a line there. And and I feel this one is flirting with it a, a lot more than I would normally say. Yeah, no, I, I agree after the, I mean, like it just looks like soda. It, it's literally like, here is great punch flavored cigarettes, you know, <laughs> type of a thing. That's literally what this is. Uh, and a couple of people point out that uh, Mountain Dew was originally a mixer. Yes, I know. Mountain Dew was originally a mixer for whiskey. Um, yeah. And, but it was very different from the Mountain Dew we know today. Um, it was much flatter. It was a little bit sweeter. It was clear. Um, it had some citrus notes, uh, but it was not in and of itself a standalone drink. Um, I mean, it was decent as a standalone drink, but it was meant to miss, mix bourbon or whiskey with oh yeah um, i mean we're talking 80 years ago this is moon sh- i mean mountain dew is slang for moonshine it's exactly right and so it was basically there to mix moonshine whiskey because that was so just burnt let's add something sweet to this right Let, let's, let's call it mountain let's dew. sweeten it up add a little bit of flavor to it and and yeah. all of a sudden you've got a nice palatable drink to uh mix with your moonshine yeah, the Mountain Dew green logo stuff that didn't really hit till like late eighties, early nineties. It was actually. it was even before that. Um, was it? Yeah. Oh yeah. You like Mountain Dew's been around for. I know it's been around for a long time. I but... want to say back in the thirties or something like that. They were making it thirties or forties, um, but it kind of started becoming Mountain Dew oh, yeah. like in the seventies. As yeah, far yeah, as yeah. like I'm just now, a yeah. soda. Well, um, I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, old Mountain Dew commercials, and even then, they're selling their advertisement is an old moonshiner. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know they have a hillbilly and a moonshiner. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, the hillbilly with the gut bucket. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. I understand its origins, but the problem is for almost 50 years, it's been advertised as a soda. And especially yeah. for the last 30 years, 30. it's yeah. been advertised at, at least 30 years, maybe 40 years. It's been advertised as the hip cool drink for teenagers. Yeah. It's the extreme sports, you know, the problem uh, is presented by Mountain Dew. Right. The problem is your average 14 year old doesn't know that it used to be a mixer and doesn't know that 40 years ago they started advertising to teenagers. It's always been that way. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels weird. It feels like it's crossing a line. 
I mean, I, I'm I'm curious if their aspect was we're trying to once you get to college, we're you know we're gonna lose those customers. Let's hit those right out of high school. They're college drinkers, and like we still gotta keep them in so they can still be cool. I'm wondering if that's what their PR team was like. Let's push that. Aspect. I'm I'm sure they are, but. Which is not a good, I'm not saying it's a good, but it's still not good, right? It's, it's not morally correct in my opinion. And yeah, it, I'm having a hard time with this one. Yeah. More so than I thought I would. (laughs) I mean, I'll probably still try it, but, uh, again, I probably won't even drink these as a regular. This is going to be, end up being like one of my reviews that I have to go and buy just because, um, Really, but I agree. really, I, I agree with your sentiment. Yeah, really funny side tangent here. Uh, I used to work for Coca Cola. Uh, technically, Coca Cola Enterprises, not tech, uh, not Coca Cola bottling. Um, so I didn't work for the people who made the soda. I worked for the people who distributed the soda. They're two, technically two different companies, but they're both yeah. Coca Cola Corporation. Cool. Um, in my orientation, they said, uh, first off, you're going to get asked. And yes, the original Coca-Cola did have cocaine in it, but it was a very mild amount and it was... So they're like trying to rewrite history as far as what Coca-Cola was back in the day. Just own it. Just own it. Just Just like, yeah, we we put it in there so you drink more. Yeah. (laughs) We knew what cocaine was in the 1840s. Exactly. We knew what it was. We knew exactly what it was. King George was killed with a morphine and cocaine overdose. They knew what cocaine was used for. Uh, King George V, by the way, if there's any questions. Uh, Yeah. This thing's good. I'm still chewing. Man. This, this This is morning coffee. It's great. It's not even like creamy coffee. It's a it's slightly sweetened black coffee. Mm-hmm. It's really good stuff. That sounds delicious. It is. I mean, it's. I I would have saved it, but it had milk sugar in it. So I was like, Yeah, you you got to drink the lactose ones pretty quick. I got to drink the lacto. I got to drink these first, and that's why I was trying to get yep. these out of my fridge now. Yep. I had uh. What was it yesterday? Like a guava, some it it looked like cotton, liquid cotton candy. It was so pink, <laughs> and I think I even got like a sugar rush from it because I was standing up and my wife's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I feel dizzy," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Well, that's that's it for today as far as news. I think we did pretty well with what we had. Right. I um, I thought it was an entertaining show and we got 20 minutes left. And uh, we can we'll take some questions in the chat if you want or we'll just end up talking Trek or something. Right. If uh, if I don't get a question in the next 45 seconds, we're going to shift to Trek talk. We will. So you have been warned. Oh, because that's that's starting up. Right. Next week. Next week. Holy crap. Uh, oh, ten days. Uh, ten days. Ten days. Ten days. Two weeks. Two weeks. So next time we're on. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Next time we're on, uh, then we'll be able to talk 
Taka Picard yeah. because it's on next Thursday. So eight days. Yes, I know. Ah, oh, why couldn't it be on like like Tuesday? I know. Or Wednesday morning or something. Why are we the last publication to talk about Picard? Come on. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's move it over. We might have to switch the show to to Thursday night. Yep. Uh, John Jay wants to know, hey, what server case was on your desk in your most recent video? Uh, what's really funny is you're the only person to ask that question, John. Um, so uh, I usually try to fit teasers into my videos wherever I can. Uh, so pay attention if, if there's something on my desk that I'm not actively using or something in the background that changes. It's usually a hint to an upcoming video or or project that I'm working on. Um, the chassis that I had on my desk during the TrueNAS episode was an iStar D200 2U chassis. Um, I picked this up for only $35 with $10 shipping. Unfortunately, they are sold out now, but I didn't buy it to recommend the chassis. I, I, I bought it to use in a specific project. Uh, so here's the chassis itself. Um, it's, it's not the best looking case ever It's as far, but it's a, just a standard to you. Uh, I wanted it because it had a full three PCI, uh, riser bay right here. So if you use a riser cable, you can get easily a two thick card, if not a three thick card right there. Uh, it also uses a standard ATX power supply on an extension from this little jobber right here. Uh, so pretty cool little chassis. Uh, only needs the the front uh, fingers right here for rail mounting or rack mounting. Um, fits an ATX motherboard and in a 2U package. And it was 45 bucks shipped. So couldn't resist. Uh, I do have a video or two coming out showing this case off. Uh, I'm probably, again, not going to recommend this case because they're pretty difficult to find, especially for the price that I paid. But it'll be a fun video. Uh, let's see. Denver, uh, what's funny is I didn't even read the entire super chat and I already have strong opinions. What are your opinions? By the way, thank you for the $5. <laughs> what are your opinions on AMD vendor locking a... Uh, all AMD processors, not just business processors. I think it is such a bullshit move. Um, Wait, why did they do that? They're vendor locking CPUs with blowable fuses. So when you install an AMD Epic CPU into a Dell server, you can only ever install that AMD Epic CPU into another Dell server. You can't use it in another vendor's motherboard. Um, and the reason is to lower the resale cost of AMD Epics. So you can't, uh, so unless you have a Dell server, you can't use that processor and you have to buy something new. It's That's a super move. It's super freaking shady. Uh, it's a slap in the face to everything, right to repair and do you actually own the items that you buy and so on and so forth. Yeah, they're basically saying this is a one-time use PC, you know, a chip. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, I, I actually wanted it for this. Nope, too bad. Nope, sorry. Or, or yeah, this whole board fried except the CPU. I want to try. Nope. Yeah, bad. no, they they've been doing this for the last two generations of AMD Epic chips, and 
like I said, like this video is already demonetized. It's just effing bullshit. <laughs> so, how did you not know I was going to say that? <laughs> if you've watched my show for any amount of time, pretty sure he did. Um, like, I want to see Jeff say it. I'll pay five bucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reverend said, uh, Trek already started, you discovery haters. Nope. Nope. I haven't fine. seen it. Uh, I gave, I gave season three a prop. I was like, that's good. Then I started another one. Of, no, no, no. It's happening out. Uh, I will rather, I would rather. You can't be into... a sequel and a prequel all at the same time. Yeah. I, I will <laughs> tap into, uh, prodigy more than I would tap into that. Yeah. Uh, actually, from Prodigy's aspect, they're diving into a lot of the Chakotay Janeway history. Yeah. Uh, from my understanding, again, I haven't watched. I'm not caught up. I like watched two episodes. Yeah, I watched the but first I, one, and that was it. Yeah, and uh, but I I still like uh, uh, follow a lot of the subs that they're yeah. on the the Reddit's and everything, and they'll post screenshots. And um, yeah, Janeway, it, there's a, a lot of history on that stuff that's apparently showing up, and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I I would I'd rather watch that than my time spent on that than Discovery right now. Uh, Rodrigo, Rodrigo wants to know, did you fix the skew on the build? Yes, I actually posted a short about that. Uh, if you go to my main page, uh, youtube.com slash craft computing, you can see a quick update, uh, 60 second video on that. Uh, it is, trust me, perfectly parallel and square at this point. And it's actually off in a machine finishing shop right now. So, oh, make yes. it nice and shiny. Yes, uh, I'm. I'm actually not sure what the finish will end up being. I said, give me a finish, and but don't paint it. I I want it to be raw metal, but oh, okay. but I make was... it pretty and then seal it. I thought, so I that they're gonna like dip it in something. No, they uh well they might as part of the finishing process, but uh, I know they're gonna media blast it uh, at least at some point, uh, and then when it comes back to me, it'll be uh, polyurethane sealed. Uh, so it's going to be camouflaged, <laughs> right? So, so whatever finish the metal ends up having, we're going to seal that finish in, and then I'm going to be able to complete the build. Um, so I'm looking forward to it and I don't even after know what it's it, going to look like after it's all sealed. You're going to have to redo all the screws because they're no I'm going to have to retap it. everything. Yeah, no, I, yep. I already know I'm going to have to retap everything because that's the <laughs> standard. It just happens when you, when you put any layer of anything any kind of paint or finish or seal or clear coat or whatever over anything, you retap the threads. Not a big deal. Uh, how's Baby X doing? Baby X is doing very well. Uh, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, it was a rough, rough entry into life. Uh, and easily a rough two months, extending into month three. Finally kind of starting to to get through that um everything is kind of coming up roses in recent checkups he passes he's three months old and still getting weight checks uh for those who are parents who might be in the know about that um he's three months and still getting weight checks because they're concerned uh but he passed his most recent weight check earlier this week and he's eating fine he's not spitting up anymore he's uh He's actually been smiling a lot and giggling and laughing and whatnot. And it's it's the 
the coolest age that he's at right now. It's like, this is why I became a dad is for oh, between yeah. three and six months for the sheer unfiltered joy of being a dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I have no, a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. Anyone want them? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, that's perfect slave labor time. Uh, I mean, uh, that's perfect chore time. Right. <laughs> GI Pilot, next game that I'm going to deep dive into. I am currently in a deep dive of Kingdom Come Deliverance. Uh, for those who don't know, I started my channel back in 2017 because I was enthusiastic for gaming and servers and all that is related to it. And as a result, I have had zero time for gaming since then. So if there's a game that's come out in the last five years, I haven't heard of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably the only game that's come out in the last five years that I bought on release day and played all the way through uh, would be Red Dead Redemption. Um, I bought it. I actually specifically bought an Xbox One so I could buy that game on release day for the Xbox and played through it. Uh, and then as soon as I was done with the playthrough, I... I gave my Xbox One to a, a good friend of mine and uh, and let them, you know, have my games library and everything else. I only had like four games for it, uh, but I only wanted it to play Red Dead. Um, so now that I have Rhett on full time, I've been stopping work at 5 p.m. every day. I've got an hour after he leaves or two hours after he leaves to play some games. Then I go upstairs i have dinner with the family we've got another hour and a half before bedtime uh you know so i've been playing with the kids and and having all kinds of fun and then uh when they go to bed i've got a couple more hours to burn playing video games so i'm like 17 hours into kingdom Come deliverance at this point and i'm just meandering through and it's an absolute joy. Like, I'm enjoying every every minute god it's a beautiful game whole map. oh oh yeah and and I've been methodically taking my time uh, through it. The the problem is with Kingdom Come Deliverance is uh, there are if someone says let's meet tomorrow morning, they mean it. So you can actually miss out on main game quests if they say report to your station tomorrow morning, and you don't report tomorrow morning. Like you've got a two hour window to be available and in position to meet the person you're supposed to meet because they'll go on and do other things and then be pissed at you later. It, it's a, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, in, in one instance, I had five minutes to, uh, to get ready, like five real world minutes to, uh, <laughs> you have this meeting with a bunch of noblemen, And then they said, I want you to join the, the, uh, the investigation party and head out, head out with captain Reynolds and, uh, oh, and by the way, captain, give him a mount. And so they give you a horse. Um, and then they immediately, uh, like have you walking out the door on a balcony overseeing the courtyard and then there's steps going down. If you don't walk down and report for duty, they'll just leave without you. And you don't get to do that mission. <laughs> so find them walking through the forest. Nope. Nope. You didn't report. Sorry. Yep, it's for yep. you. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Uh, and and they don't hold your hand in this game at all. There's uh, find the hidden camp based on blood clues on invisible trails through the woods. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a lot of fun. I, I have been digging this game. Uh, when is going to be a video for multi-seat and sunshine and moonlight? I've actually been kind of in the process of writing a video going through pros and cons of both Parsec and uh, Sunshine and Moonlight. Um, and uh, I've been using Moonlight and Sunshine a lot more internally for game streaming here at my home. Uh, so I'm I'm trying to get a good handle on it and situations you should use it, situations that Parsec is better, uh, situations that Sunshine is better. Uh, so I'm, but I'm really trying to do a nice thorough job investigating. Uh, let's see. What do you think about Dymo forcing DRM? You really have to ask. I'm about as anti-DRM and right to repair as you can, or anti-right or anti-DRM pro right to repair as you could possibly yeah, be. I was going to say like, you said that backwards. I said, too. I said that backwards. Yeah. I am anti-DRM, pro-right to repair in every way, shape, and form. And anything that prevents the consumer from using a device they illegally purchased pisses me the F off. So, what wait, do you wait think? Wait a second. Wait a second. Back to really quick to that whiskey barrel then. Do I own the Devil's Cut? My opinion? It sounds like you own the Angel Share. That joke had layers. <laughs> years and years worth of layers. Yep. Uh, your children. I want to buy your children. <laughs> how much? Uh, how much you got? Uh, 82 Celica says, I feel that my son was in the NICU for six weeks because uh, he aspirated fluid during birth and got pneumonia. Close. Yeah. Um, I feel you. Uh, yeah, we didn't end up in the NICU, but he aspirated fluid. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail, but there are certain words that I never, ever want to hear again. Uh, and certainly not the sound of a umbilical cord snapping like a rubber band. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we nope. were in the NICU for... Three or four days. Yeah, because you you guys went in like super early. We went in super early and it was a snowstorm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was during the middle of that blizzard. Yeah, I, I remember that. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember like, oh, John, John and his wife had their... Ba- Wait, it, it's when? It's, it's when? <laughs> yes. You were due till March. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Was it seven weeks early for you guys? Uh, eight weeks. Eight weeks, yeah. Eight yeah. weeks early. Yeah. So, yeah. And then similar with the weight stuff, had a lot of the weight, uh, yeah. weight gain stuff. Yep. Yeah. Even even now, he's technically fine. But it's like, you're a skinny one, aren't you? You're a scrawny little guy, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I had a cousin who was born seven weeks early. And God, until he was 20, he was like a like two-thirds the size of everyone else's age. Yeah. So. He finally grew into, into himself, but it took 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, no, for the first, like, two years, we were like, you have to watch him for this, you have to watch him for that. Um, and we were constantly having, you know, little little scares left and right of, 
technically his his mental state should be here it should be here yeah. it was all what was the weirdest part was actually everything was literally almost eight weeks to the day uh behind yeah so it was just like oh oh weird okay. almost he, like he, he should have stayed in the oven a little longer <laughs> exactly it was oh well, he's technically this age so he should be this far developed eight weeks later mm -hmm. now he's doing that and we we didn't have to like teach him or like put it into him. it was just naturally that happened yeah. it just took an additional eight weeks the problem was it's you go to the doctor and they say that and you're like scared for eight weeks yeah <laughs> yeah no uh yeah, X was born right around three weeks early, so still technically full term, but on the edge of full term. Yeah. Uh, he was born at 37 weeks, and uh, yeah, uh, scary, scary delivery. Um, you can tell it's a scary delivery when every single nurse at shift change, so every six hours, like clockwork, they will walk into your room, and they all do the same exact thing. They'll kind of walk in and they'll put their hand on their hip and go, well, I heard you had quite the morning. Oh, I know, right? Yes. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, ha, ha. Right. And and I understand from a nursing perspective, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. It, it's they're trying to get through the day and not dwell on who made they're it. They're also trying to didn't. break tension. They're trying to break tension. But at the same time, that was a traumatic fucking day. Like, I saw shit I never want to see again. I heard words and phrases and, and experienced things that I would not wish on my worst enemies uh, in the course of that day. There, there was one particular moment for about five minutes I wasn't sure I was going to bring either of them home. Yeah. Like, I was terrified to my core. Um. And at one point, like 12 hours after the delivery, they're both doing fine. My wife kind of asks me, uh, are you doing okay? Like, like how are you doing? I said, I'm perfectly fine. I, I'm here. I'm whatever you need. I'm here. Uh, she goes, okay, well, you know, he's sleeping. I'm just going to take a nap. You know, if you want to go down and get something to eat, that's cool. I said, yeah, yeah, I, I might wander down to the cafeteria. I wandered down walked into the bathroom and bawled my eyes out for like 10 minutes. Oh, oh, like yeah. <laughs> it was an experience. Uh, oh, you, it just, all of that emotions built up and you yeah. were pushing it down was, and you just finally got that pressure. Relief. Right. I, I have to be the, I have to be strong. I have to be the strong yeah. one and yeah, everything. Yeah. Uh, it was a day. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a day. And, and what's really funny is you also know it's a traumatic birth when you're telling friends of yours who also have three and four kids and and you're just like matter of factly spouting out these like well his cord was wrapped around his neck three times and, and whatnot and like i wasn't sure if they were gonna live or die and and one of my friends when i was when we were retelling this uh she goes have you guys talked to anyone <laughs> <laughs> I do find that. And I, I went, I'm so, fine now. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's, that's the great part of like, Oh, you know, you have actually a good friend when like at that point, like, okay, now the two of us can joke about it. It's like, oh, right. it's, it's right. not joke about it. Be like casually talk about it. Right. And uh, it's like, Oh, okay. This is cool. Yeah. Yep. And a, a dollar from big, big spoon with no comment. That's it. Yep. Just a dollar. Thank you. Spoon. Lord spoon. Yeah. For less than a dollar a day, you too can feed a 
<laughs> can feed a craft computing three month old. Bull crap. His formula is a lot more than that spoon. Come on. I know you're spoon, good for it. Spoon just had his own kit too. Did he? It, or did, did did he have? Or did he already announced it. He announced. Yeah, he announced it. I I didn't think he had the kid. Yeah, I don't think so. But they announced. I mean, it. I've been a little out of it the last couple of weeks, but yeah. That's got to be popping up though soon, huh? Well, well, we'll talk if you're in the after show, and if you don't know what the after show is, and this is close to the end, that's the super secret Discord server we do at least over oh, around hour to two hours, probably about two hours every time yep. after the show. So if you've watched this stream this long. That means you love this type of content. You love the personalities on here. If you want more of that for a minimum of a dollar a month, you can do more, you can do whatever you want, but that's what we're asking. It's basically a dollar to yell at us, talk at us, uh, BS with us. And you can then get access to the super secret after show party, which will be happening in the next couple of minutes for us. Uh, hurry up, seats, spots fill up fast. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, Discord is limited to 25 in voice chat. And, well, I get my spot. And so does John. So 23 in voice chat. Uh, but you get to video chat with us after the show, uh, usually till around midnight our time or about 90 minutes or so after the show. Uh, it's a great time. It's honestly just a great group of people i could not ask for a better discord server and i'm not just saying that because it's mine like like i i would truly hang out with these people every day anyway it's like all the best parts of reddit without the narcissism it's it's phenomenal yeah okay no, some I... narcissism but <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be a little bit to make it really special. right yeah i mean you... as big big spoon says thine own self on john discord. thine own self <laughs> yeah. yes yes yeah uh join the patreon uh best way to get on there uh dollar a month minimum contribution uh you can donate more if you want uh, i do charge per video but you can always set a monthly max as long as you give me one dollar in the month you are welcome into the discord server uh the reason i do more than one dollar per month is some people don't mind if they get you know, donate five dollars per month, and honestly, once you, once you get in the content, it's it's worth it. And it literally keeps the lights on around here. Remember, yep. this is my day job now. Uh, and someone asked me, and I think we'll probably finish with this, uh, even though I I know John probably has to pee, which is why he was starting to wrap up. Uh, yep. Is Jeff, how are things going since you transitioned from your day job to YouTube? Things are going fantastic. Uh, I. I honestly have never been happier as an adult. Uh, even when things go wrong, even when it's like, I will have a rough day in the studio. Nothing goes right. And and I brick a motherboard or I don't finish a project or the kids were screaming all day so I couldn't film or whatever else the problem might be. You know, I've, I've got this pain under my ribs and I, I it literally hurts to move around and I can't lift things and whatnot. And then it's like usually around 4.30 or 5 o'clock, I will drive to my mailbox and I will pick up anything from my P.O. box and I'll drive back home. Uh, I realized that even in the worst of days, I am still driving home from my mailbox earlier than I would have gotten off work. Yeah. 
And that alone is worth everything. Uh, it was worth the drop in income. Like I gave up a really good job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a six figure income and, and I gave that up to make videos for, for internet trolls. Like, totally what I did. But at the same time, I wouldn't change a thing. And and I am absolutely thrilled to be a full-time content creator today. So even more reason to join the Patreon because right. you're literally helping keep my lights on. So thank you all who are on there. Thank you everyone for watching. This has been episode 224 of Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Uh, tune in within the next couple of weeks when John announces what he will be doing during March, or more specifically, what he will be drinking throughout March. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's going to be good. I, I cannot wait to see both two weeks into March and then the end of it. <laughs> yes, that'll be an interesting one. It'll be an interesting uh, couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. time for the latest in beer and tech news. And as always, we will see you next week. See you guys. Cheers, all.